You know, it's good we're here. It's good we're here. But why are we here? Why are we here? Two reasons. The first one is to ask for God's mercy on us, but more importantly, I think, on our country. I don't have to tell you this, but our country is in chaos right now. Divisions run deep. Division is all across our land. Very sadly, death and destruction have become the norm these days in this country. My dear friends, this is not, this is not what the Lord desires for us, death and destruction. This is not who we are as a country. But how have we gotten this way? We have gotten this way because we've decided to go our own way. We have a country without God, a country who has pushed God out of the picture out of any frame of reference. So it should be no surprise that chaos and division is all around us. Why should that surprise us? Because a godless country opens the door to what we are experiencing today. But if we notice the cause for the chaos and division is blamed on everyone else. No one, no one, no matter what side you're on, takes responsibility for any of it. It's the blame game. Which didn't Adam and Eve do that in the Garden of Eden? They blamed one another. And then who did they ultimately blame? So we gather tonight really to plead, to plead. for God's mercy upon this country. We ask Jesus, or we ask the Father in Jesus to heal these many wounds caused by sin and division. We ask the Father in the Lord Jesus to convert the heart of this country and our world. We are children all across this country who have been led and have gone astray, all of us, in some way or another. So we come this evening, we return to Jesus in sorrow and repentance. So may our prayer tonight be a sign of reparation before God. The second reason we're here tonight is for the healing and conversion of our own hearts. So, as I see it, as Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and anything in between, we come before the Lord tonight to seek healing and conversion of our own hearts. Only Jesus, only Jesus can bring us healing only Jesus can lead us to conversion. Only Jesus. So we come before the Lord Jesus this evening to repent of our sins, our personal sin, and our communal sin. The sins of omission, as well as the many sins of 
the many the, the sins of commission as well as the many sins of omission. So what is repentance? What is repentance? Repentance means that we examine ourselves and recognize the areas where we sin individually, in thought, word, or action. Repentance means that we must examine ourselves and recognize our own particular weaknesses. We all have them. We all have them. Anytime something negative comes out of our mouth, it's coming from a place of weakness and brokenness and sin. So we must ask God tonight to reveal what we need to change in ourselves. That's at the heart of repentance. Asking Jesus what we need to change in ourselves. You know, in the words of the prophet Isaiah, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah says we must forsake our sinful ways and our sinful thoughts in order to receive God's pardon. And I would suggest this is both personally and communally. Here in the gospel this evening, Jesus makes it clear that repentance includes changing our hearts. He explains what defiles us comes from within us. Whatever is in my heart, for good or ill, whatever is there, happiness, joy, sadness, resentment, pain, anger, whatever is in my heart will come out in my actions, somehow and some way. It will come out, because that's how God has hardwired us. So he explains what, what defiles us comes from within. Hear and understand, it's not what enters one's mouth that defiles that person, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles one. And then obviously as we heard, he gives us examples of the most basic, the most basic evil attitudes and passions that dominate our thinking and behavior. And this is also the thinking and behavior of our culture. He said, this is what defiles. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts. Unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice. Do we see all these things in our culture today? Deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Obviously, these are just a few things which have defiled our country and us. So to repent, my dear friends, we must recognize that our fallen human nature in each one of us is at work in our minds, influencing, affecting, and oftentimes controlling our thinking. Of course, we don't yield to every trait of our fallen human nature. You wouldn't be here tonight if that was the case. But in the end, we all sin. We sin personally, 
we sin communally. We all have weaknesses. In some way, we are all, we all exhibit self-centered and self-serving thinking and behavior. And so we have been called in a very beautiful way, I think, we've been called to conversion. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, he came to save it. Jesus didn't come to condemn us because of our sins, he came to save us. What a beautiful invitation to conversion, no? But it's for all of us and it's a lifelong process and you and I are called into this process every day, every day. And the more we submit to God and ask for help in seeing what we need to change, the more he opens our minds to recognize our faults and our weaknesses, leading to true repentance and true conversion. The conversion of our country, I believe, happens one person at a time, and it begins with each one of us. So we must ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to repentance and conversion both personally and communally. Because friends, without the power of the Holy Spirit, a person is easily swayed, easily swayed by the evil spirit. Because the evil spirit desires chaos and division. He desires that. He desires that in our own hearts, chaos in our own hearts. He desires it in our families. He desires it in our communities. He desires it in our country, in our world. He desires chaos and division. He foments hate and animosity and hostility in the hearts of people. We see this all over our country. And as I've said before, I think I said this the last time we had one of these, the goal of the evil one is to bring about that division, to bring about that turbulence in the world, to stir up discontent, to lead people away from God and the truth, to lead the world into darkness. That's his goal. And as I see it, my dear friends, he's succeeding. But Satan often comes, we have to be mindful, as an angel of light. He likes to share half-truths, which in the end are lies, aren't they? He's the great deceiver. And we listen to it. That's the sad thing. He sugarcoats everything he presents to us. The more we're drawn into a life of holiness, the more subtle he becomes. So human existence must be seen as a battlefield dominated by one or the other supernatural force, either God or Satan. But each of us must choose. Any person improperly disposed to the Lord can become Satan's vehicle for disruption. Any whose life is not directed to the Lord, anyone who is not seeking a life of holiness, then, then can become a tool, Satan's tool, without ever realizing it. People who do not understand the spiritual life and embrace a certain cause, whatever it might be, however justified it might be. A cause, but if the cause instills fear that promotes hate or disrupts peace, they have become the tool of the evil one. It is the evil one is who is the destroyer of peace. It is Jesus, Jesus, who brings peace. The evil one is the prince of darkness. Jesus is the prince of peace. 
So the Holy Spirit makes possible the living of this new life which Christ offers to us. Nothing is too difficult for us when the power of God is working in our lives. This is the gospel we must preach everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, everywhere we find ourselves. Nothing is too difficult for us with the power of God working in our lives. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans tells us that God's spirit helps us in our weaknesses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Jesus promises, he promises, he promises us with God all things are possible. Christianity is a lifetime of overcoming and growing of transforming our thoughts and minds to become like the one we worship tonight. We must not be conformed to this world, because, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But if we're open to the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit convicts our conscience and helps us to see sin as it really is. But just as importantly, the Holy Spirit produces godly fruit in us. He desires to produce godly fruit in us. The Holy Spirit produces godly fruit in us. Just as an apple tree produces apples, God's Spirit produces a particular type of fruit in the life of the Christian. St. Paul lists the fruit that should be evident in those who are led by the Spirit of God. And it is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. These are the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants you and I. They want, he wants to make them come alive in all of us. We must pray for them. We must pray that His Spirit comes alive in us, that his spirit gives us these fruits so that we can go out and be them to others. So as we come before Jesus this evening and adore him tonight in the Blessed Sacrament, let us first of all thank him for the redemptive graces offered through his suffering, death, and resurrection. They are infinite. These graces are infinite. And our merciful God desires to pour them out upon us anew, again, now, tonight. We must pray for them over the whole country because the Lord desires and he will use our prayers to pour them out all across our country for those who have come to worship him. We must pray that the Lord opens the hearts of all people to receive the gift of mercy, the gift of forgiveness and conversion. So our sacrifice tonight by being here, today is a, a day of fasting and prayer, which means it's sacrificial. Our sacrifice by being here tonight, either in person or by a, um, participating via live stream, the sacrifice of our time in prayer I believe can and it will be a source for healing in our country. It can be a catalyst for conversion of our own hearts and the conversion 
of our society. It can play a special role in the divine plan of salvation. Even though we may look out into the world today and read the news and watch the news and we might think there is no salvation going on right now. How could it be? Look at what we see. But for people of faith, we can be assured in the mystery of God's love and mercy and the mystery of the God, God's divine presence, God is still saving the world. He has saved the world. It just hasn't been completed yet in the way he desires. So in our prayer tonight, as we lift up our country, our society, and pray for healing, as I said in the beginning, we, we pray for our own conversion and for the conversion of our country. We pray that Jesus will bring healing to our hearts and to the very heart of this nation. We pray that, our, that hearts might be converted to a new experience of the Father's love for them in Christ Jesus. So as we come before Jesus tonight, we pray, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. <clears throat>